Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. This is our 2021 US Open preview, picks, and bold prediction show. I'm your host, Adam Bapti, and as always, I'm joined by my brothers, Kevin. Hey, everybody. And Craig. Craig, you're lucky I didn't say you first. You had that wine. I was, was going to say, I'm glad you didn't throw it to me. Uh, I was drinking a nice little uh, Pinot Gris over here. Uh, how are we doing, everyone? And this guy just always humble bragging from the Okanagan Valley. Hey? <laughs> it's from uh, from just up the road. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a guy. Uh, so this is, yeah, as we said, US Open preview picks and bold predictions show. We're filming this on Sunday night. But we're going to do a quick, quick recap of the Palmetto Championship at Congaree. Craig, you got a little recap for us? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. We're not going to get too into it, but uh, you know, it looked through a couple days like it was going to be Chess and Hadley and uh, and Dustin Johnson. It yeah. looked like you know most of the win equity belonged to them, uh, and unfortunately, over the weekend, they just decided that neither of them really wanted to win it. Ch- uh, you know, Had- Hadley at least held on through most of four rounds, and then as he got home, he you know three bogeys, three bogeys on his way in. Uh, Garrick Higo really. He was, I think, the most consistent person throughout the week. He was, uh, you know, 68, 69, 68, 68, worked his way to 11 under, which, you know, the stats bared were unlikely to say that that was going to be a winning number, yeah. uh, especially without a playoff or anything. But, uh, you know, come the end of 72 holes, no one else was at 11 under or better. So Garrick Higo, a big first PGA Tour win. He's gone from a couple of, uh, you know, back-to-back European Tour wins in the Canary Islands to a big first PGA Tour win. Yeah, man, like, hey, go, so three wins in his last six starts, second PGA Tour start ever, his first being the PGA uh, Championship. It's unbelievable. Has the official world golf ranking been updated yet for him? I, I don't think so. Hey. I, don't I don't think, think so, but has, what, yeah. what was, you were just coming up with an analogy for what Chesson Hadley looked like as he was trying to play yeah, his so last few holes. Chesson, my, my coverage was early in his first couple holes. I wanted to see how he was, and then it came on uh, late as it kind of getting, it was getting more condensed again down the stretch. Um, well, this for a little a, while there, it was it was wide open. Like it, there was a lot yeah. of people in contention there. At, you know, five or six holes left. Yeah, I think we sent out a tweet. I mean, even earlier in the day, uh, after four or five holes, fifteen players within four shots after he gave up two early on. I mean, he. he the, I mean, I'm the guy who putts from fifteen feet off the, off the greens because I'm worried about blading my wedge. He's got his hybrid. He had his hybrid on every hole. He didn't <laughs> hit a green in regulation all day. It seemed like. Uh, yeah, uh, not to make a skinny joke because we're all skinny tall guys, but he did look like the newborn giraffe, like fresh out of the womb, trying to make his way on the Serengeti and escape, <laughs> like escape alive. Escape um, the predators. <laughs> yeah, like I, I was rooting for him because he's like, he's a, he seems like a fun guy. He has that Instagram post with like the car salesman flappy guy. I mean, like, is that you, dad? <laughs> like, he just. Wave you arm inflatable tube man. <laughs> yeah, inflatable tube man. Uh, so I was like cheering for him. I had, I, I threw him in my showdown lineup for round four, um, felt like it's a good enough buffer that he could have a even par round and, and still get the win. Um, but it, it looked like his drive on 18, he thought he flared it left. It still wasn't the fairway. His approach shot was way long and right. Uh, his hybrid from that kind of by the grandstand got only to 10 like it all looked under like it didn't look good it was just nerve-wracking to watch it um but yeah like former pga tour rookie of the year puerto rico puerto rico curse yeah i don't know what to say but it was i mean awesome on hago but it definitely was kind of a fell into his lap type win yeah yeah Yeah, i mean it was sneaky too because i mean he shot a 32 on the back nine, right, with an eagle and a birdie. So he kind of came out of nowhere to even post that number. Um, yeah. Thinking, probably thinking all along it was not, you know, not going to be the winning number. But Well, no, and he had, like, you know, he was in contention early in the round and then gave a couple back and, yeah. then, and then really played well in the back. Um, but, but definitely uh, it fell into his lap, I think, is a good way of, of putting it. Uh, but, you know, that's fine. You take him however you can get him. But it's shocking how many people ended up at 10, though, because, like, all these guys must be thinking after the fact, like, oh, I just need one more. we got Hudson Swaffer, Doc Redman, Jonathan Vegas, Ty Hatton was right there, Bo Van Pelt, who got a, a fair bit of coverage. But, yeah, all those guys thinking back, like, oh, maybe if I did just kind of get that one more birdie, well, I'd be in that Pelt playoff. was at 13. Oh, no, maybe he's at 12. Um, but, like, he was he was tied for the lead, and, and you know, he dropped a couple on the way in, too. It, yeah, it was... I mean, it was an interesting course. Uh, tough to close out, obviously. 
Yeah. I like the uh, the stat that um, if Bo Van Pelt won, he would have been the youngest <laughs> the youngest PGA Tour winner in South Carolina this year at 46. Because <laughs> you got Stuart what, Sink, Sink and, uh, and Phil. <laughs> that was a great. Whoever pulled that out, I forget who did that. That was a great one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a DJ back he, I, after two rounds, I think we did our showdown show, Craig, and I said DJ or the field, and I think we both felt kind of DJ could kind of cruise control through this victory. I was taking DJ at that point. Yeah, me too. Um, po- positive going in U.S. Open, yeah. Mm. Is it? I mean, this is a field he should have won. Yeah, of course. And especially having a. I mean, they're having or, or being just off the 36 hole lead. Uh, he, I mean, he essentially could have parred out from. He was at. Uh, was he at that? No, he might not have been that low, but. Um, yeah, yeah, he was. I, he was at. I mean, even today, he was at uh, four under on the day, which put him at 11, and he triple bogeyed yeah. 16. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, that little friggin' putt. <laughs> that was about when I had to go take my dog for a walk and. <laughs> I, I don't know. I still, I still count it as a positive. After I, I mean, of, I guess coming I from so. where he was, but, uh, you know, it didn't have the same feel as the Houston Open before the Masters, where DJ was like totally. right there and he was pushing and Ortiz, Carlos Ortiz, did a good job closing out that tournament to get the win. Um, that felt like, man, his, his game's on form. Um, but yes, for, for where DJ has been in the wilderness, this feels like maybe he's back to being somewhat in form, but yeah. Okay, so U.S. Open, guys who are playing in the U.S. Open, Terrell Hatton had two back-to-back twos on par fours on, on Saturday. In yeah. my showdown lineup, yeah. <laughs> and he had a third, like, traditional three-stroke eagle as well. He had three eagles on the day. Rory McIlroy only has one eagle on the entire season. Like, is that, that true? That's still yeah, true. That is that is crazy. That's the crazy that part of that stat true. to me. It's not that Hatton had three in a round. It's that Rory only has one in the season. In like fifty-three-ish rounds now. I might have to change my picks here. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, uh, I think also with Hatton led the field in strokes and TJ Green. So that that's got to be positive. Going For me, it. I think Hatton's Rory. a bigger positive takeaway than than DJ. Yeah, going into I the agree. Okay, a couple other quick fire. Uh, EVR. Yeah, I mean, Good. stock up. Uh, the, the one I was going to bring up, uh, Doc Redman to me. Uh, yeah, I, I think Redman. we can officially say that he's found form again because it's been a couple tournaments now we've seen him play well, uh, and, and this is his best finish ever, I guess, because he's never won. So um, definitely ties his best finish ever. Yeah. Uh, is, is Doc in the field next week? I don't know. I don't know if he is. So sorry, that might not be as U.S. Open relevant, no. but I just wanted to bring up a good this finish for Doc. Up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear you there. Uh, he's not in the field, but yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, T10. Yeah, I see. Bounce back from that miscut. Well, thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> One and done sorrow over there. Uh, Harris English. I mean, uh, we should talk about Harris English. He was in the final group with Chesson. He he blew up worse. Uh, well, I guess relative to the par, not worse than Chesson, but he um he did the same thing kind of down the stretch. Yeah, it, I'm having a tough time trying to figure out who Harris English is. I think that's fair. Um, I, I think he's... Oh, man, that back nine is so bad. He shot 40 on the back, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is not good. Uh, but I, I, do, I was going to say, I do think uh, Harris is finding more form, at least in the, now than he was in the spring. After, after his win, he looked pretty bad for a while. Yeah. Well, and and they did bring that up in the broadcast. I don't know how much the injury played into uh, his struggles. Uh, I mean, I think he was struggling a little bit before. They, they, I think they said it was at the players that he got injured. Uh, but uh, and and I think I'm pretty sure it's a back. But it, I'll always kind of give someone the benefit of the doubt, especially with those those soft tissue backs. Uh, you know how easy it is for that. Even if they're out there playing, it can affect their ability to practice. It's it can just be one of those things that kind of cascades throughout your game. Um, yeah. But even still, we saw such good form from him throughout the last you know the 2020 calendar year, and then it's just after his win uh, start of 2021, it's just fallen off. So I think I also heard on the broadcast that Higo's part of like he's hanging out with the Sea Island boys. He's hanging out with uh, Harris Higo English. Is. Yeah, Davis Davis loves uh, Crew? son. 
um yeah the the seattle guys that's where he's yeah. kind of posted up for i mean okay we'll move on quickly but do you think higo just stays pga pro now yes I think yeah so. i think so I mean, the money's so good. Like, the money's so much better on the PGA Tour than the European Tour that I think as soon as... Like, he's got two two years of exemptions now, so yeah. I, I think he'd be crazy. Crazy. <laughs> why, not, why not make it go at it? Yeah. It's such an absurd, like, a uh, climb for him in such a short period of time. It, it really is yeah. remarkable. I, I mean, you see it, though, from these guys that, that essentially, you know, for, for these talented Euros, the difference between getting that breakthrough to get your card... Uh, whether it's you know through a win or through qualifying um, you know in a bunch of these larger WGCs and majors and whatnot, uh, it, it, man, it can, if you do that while you're young, it can make such a huge difference in terms of the trajectory of your career. Uh, so I I, so, yeah. I, I like it. I, I mean, I like Higo, so I, I'm excited to see it happen. Yeah, I think I think um, getting the win on the PGA and getting that exemption makes it a no-brainer for him to stay. If it's if it's kind of world rankings based, I think it can be a little bit more dicey and there's a, a lot more, I think, traveling back and forth. But if you mm-hmm. get that win on the PGA Tour with the exemption, yeah, I, I totally agree. It changes tra- trajectory and it makes it kind of, I think, a no-brainer to stay over more and play more PGA events. Yeah. Okay. What about, uh, can I ask you guys what you think about uh, Brooks after missing the cut heading into the US Open? Probably just no chance now. No reason uh, I think he's I, got, okay. got any chance I, I in the US Open, eh? I, I think, think the miscut is, is good for him, to be honest. <laughs> I do too. No, it's, posi- it's, it's a full fade for me. It's a full fade? Yeah. Well, no. we get, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Positive on approach, positive off the tee, doesn't have to work his knee extra. He, he did what he needed to do to prove that he's okay in two days. Get a flight out early, that Friday late flight, personal jet flight to San Diego. And he's at Torrey Pines already. Like, I kind of love that. That's like, it's like comparable. It's almost as positive as DJ's week with the top 10. You're saying he's just, he's got to get his, whatever number of starts he has to get to get his, meet his sponsorship uh, requirements. He's knocked off another start. Got that one in the bag. It's just like classic Brooks, like PGA events, uh, majors. All right. You guys want to show up this week? I'll show up. Yeah. Just kind of a glorified range session out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Competitive reps. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. Are we putting uh, this week behind us? Moving on? Yep. I mean, I guess one last thing, the course. Um, interesting. I, I, I didn't watch enough. I, I listened to a lot of coverage through the first few days, not watching it. Um, I think it's interesting. I, you know, I, I would be interested in them doing events there in the future. I think it may be, maybe not a regular year, yearly stop, but I think it could be the type of course that sets up well for, um, you know, a... a a President's Cup or a, a Ryder Cup or that type of thing. Um, I think there's some some appeal to the course. I, I think it's going to be tough because it's in the middle of nowhere for a whole bunch of reasons. It's not going to not going to have yeah. the same draw. You're not going to have the local corporate sponsors to get on board. There's going to be a lot of issues with it. But even like hospitality, I wonder a little bit. Like where are all? If you get a field of 150 plus all their teams, how far away are they staying? You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Tents up. I'm not. I'm not on any teams. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, see it on a rotational for sure. If there's any teams good. out there looking for a hype man, though, <laughs> Adam's your guy. He go, he go, man, you got this. That wasn't a backdoor. Who are those guys? So are you, are you like a talking? turtle or are you like a like a Johnny Drama? I mean, I think I'm the Johnny Drama, but you guys haven't done your part to be the Vince. <laughs> like, come on. I always thought you were gonna be the Vince. Big and head, we all big thought star. Everyone else is gonna be the Vince. <laughs> that was our problem okay u.s open 2021 u.s open preview picks and bold predictions as you know with our preview shows this is kind of our pencil on papers picks if anything changes then you know we lock it in on wednesday but this is our pencil on paper it hasn't changed in the last little bit we're at tory pines in la jolla california i got corrected after our youtube show so i got that Figured out uh, north. Yeah, of San and check out the YouTube show. We're not going to go as in depth into the course or anything like that. Uh, here, this is just going to be us talking about what we are doing for picks and predictions. So uh, check out the YouTube video if you haven't already. But um, I'll put someone. I no notice, Kevin. There's one US Open here before. What happened there? Oh, jeez, this is it. You're putting me on the spot here. Oh, I thought you would have. Come on. <laughs> Did you expect anything different? <laughs> <laughs> You're just going with the straight clips. I like that. 
You don't have to look it up on YouTube. Kevin will give you the commentary. I was, uh, so I was, I was reading about that today. And this is, I think this is one of the reasons that I had such a hard time cheering for Tiger. Like, if you look at the absurd shots that he made throughout that week and like, you know, not just like 65 foot eagle putts or, or all of these type of things, but like holing out chips that are like, you know, going hard through the green and they hit the, hit the pin Was that the draw. one where he hit the pole and he's like, he's in the bunker just like he can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the one. Yeah. And then yeah. he eagled the next hole, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, like, I, I mean, I know, you know, you, you look deep into the stats and like, yeah, the guy, the guy is like transcendent, but like, there's just so many moments. And I feel like you get it a little bit with speed in today's day and age where like, it just seems like some people have more of that rub of the green luck where like, it, that ball finds its way into the hole. But that, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't need to dive too I should have opened this can of worms. But... If, you, if you haven't, if you're not a long-time golf fan, Tiger Woods won in 2008. This is what we've been talking about. No one's actually yeah. said it. In like an iconic win where he, you know, won with a fracture in his leg. Um, and, and it, it was a tournament he had no business winning, really, but he yeah. he won it. That's that and, was and kind of when Kevin says, "Do you expect that. anything different?" That's because that's what the announcer said. And no, I would have been stupid to <laughs> expect anything different. Like obviously, that's what's going to happen. My favorite clip, and I tweeted out, was when Will Ferrell accepted the SVS best athlete for Tiger Woods. He's <laughs> yeah. like, "That's when I knew that I wasn't just the best golfer, but the best athlete in the world." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, was okay, that hosted? No, it wasn't. No, no, was he it? just he went up from the crowd and accepted it. No, but it like, wasn't the same year that Peyton hosted that. Is JT? Oh, that was a good one too. That was really, really good one. Yeah, <laughs> good SPs, number one SPs. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, we digress picks. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so much for a quick show. Uh, okay, into our picks. One and done. Quick one and done update because Craig, the picks are going to go to you first because you got to get your. Pick and one and done out of the way. Because I'm still the leader of the one and done, I guess. Just south of six million. He had Ian Poulter get fifty-six thousand this weekend. I'm in second. I'll go next at five point five million. I had Tommy Fleetwood. Kevin is coming off a couple miscuts in a row at four point four. Needs a little late season magic here to to, well, you're gonna be on the podium, Kevin. I can tell you that. You're gonna be on the podium. (laughs) The early (laughs) season leader. Yeah, After I really knew season. I was going to get on the podium, I kind of took my foot off the pedal there, and <laughs> here we are. You Kevin at Harold Varner and his miscut, uh, but I don't think you're too upset about miss losing Harold Varner for the season. Oh, that's okay. I can deal with it. Okay, Craig, over to you. Pick to okay. win and one and done. If yeah, so I'm I'm splitting them. I've got a separate pick to win than my one and done. Uh, I am going for my pick to win. I cannot get away from John Rom. If I if I had him as a one and done, I would without a doubt be plugging him in this week. Uh, I think there's. I mean, I think the guy. First off, I think he's due in majors. I think you know it's only been a matter of time. Um, I mean, yeah, he hasn't actually contended and been really in the drama late in a major, I would say, to this point. But he still has, you know, he's got a lot of the top tens and he, he's he been, um, the, the the performances have been good despite the drama maybe not being there. Um, but you come to a course where his record is awesome. Uh, his game, I, I think he's the best golfer. Like, you know, we, we talk about this a lot. I think he is, to me, he is the number one um talent i guess you could say uh so i would love to say it's rory but rory just hasn't you know we haven't seen the the rory form in in a while so uh i have rom as my pick to win any thoughts on that before i move on to my one and done hard to Uh, really argue against it do you sorry do you have uh odds um he's a 31 he's 10 yeah so he is the highest he is the betting favorite right now um i you know what i kind of agree that he is uh he is kind of the best right now. I, th- I think he is. I couldn't help what he said. I'd love to say Rory is the best. I was just thinking, but he isn't, so you can't yeah. say that. Because <laughs> Rom, yeah, I think Rom, Rom, to me, has... I don't know what his weaknesses are if he has them. Like, his game is so complete, and his short game is just magical. So, yeah, right now... I think you, he's probably at the top of my list as well. Do, do you think like he has, what, what does this do to his psyche? Does he, the withdrawal at the Memorial, the positive COVID test, does it, does it, you know, motivate him more? And he's just like, you can't, no one can stand in my way. I'm taking this or. 
I mean, I, I think that, extra pressure. I, I think that there is the question: like, did he get fairly sick, or was it mostly asymptomatic? You know, the could he be? It, I think it has been asymptomatic, but I don't yeah. know that for sure. I mean, it's, so you it's know, it, only... is he a little bit physically, um, you know, lesser and we than have, what he from other be? golfers? We've seen both. We've seen some yeah. guys have said that you know it's yeah. really taking them a while to get back into form. Other guys have been like, you know, I, I didn't even really, I wasn't sick. It, it was just a positive test, and yeah. But I think, other, like, if he's physically okay, I think it's a huge chip on his shoulder. You know, having to essentially give up a, a six-shot lead going into Sunday with a withdrawal, for sure, huge chip. Yeah, yeah but the thing that I, I and, and, you know, I don't want to spend too long on this, but I, the whole psyche and the whole narrative thing, to me, at majors, is when it is the most relevant. And for whatever reason... Some of our best golfers right now have really struggled with the whole psyche and narrative thing. And like like JT, if you look at JT's major record, it's not good. Mm. Rory's since he, you know, since 2014, yeah. whenever it was that his last one was, it hasn't it hasn't met the expectations of what he has done everywhere else outside of majors. Um, and, and Rom so far has kind of. He's flirted, you know, he's had some results, uh, but not really compared to everything else he does. So I, I think it is interesting because then you look at a, a guy like Brooks that, yeah, I mean, half his wins are at majors and you're just like, like, clearly there is something going on there where either he embraces the, like, the, the as everyone, as the moment gets bigger and everything gets a little more tense, some people, that's when they play their best and other people are like, oh, like what I normally do, it isn't, doesn't feel, it doesn't feel normal, you know? So I do think there's an interesting psyche aspect to it. I think it's a huge part of all sports, but especially golf. I think so too. I I think so less though on like your week to week PGA Tour stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think Brooks uh, said though, like he said that, he thinks majors are easier to win because half the field has already like beat themselves before the tournament starts. That's pretty you know? funny. Yeah, that's telling for sure. Okay, Craig. Okay, it- so on the one and done front, and on that note, uh, my full fate of Brooks was just a joke. I'm going Brooks Kepka for the I one and done. I thought you might. Inter- yeah. I, did, I even forgot you had him still. I guess yeah, I've I, I'm pretty sure I do. If not, we I might just scramble to find someone. <laughs> yeah, I've got Brooks still. Um, so yeah, Brooks. I uh, so here. Wow. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I need to justify it. Here's his last three U.S. Open starts. Second, <laughs> okay. first, first. <laughs> That's pretty much all I need to say. I feel like. Um, yeah, I, 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 for some reason Brooks just has this insane ability to show up in majors. So uh, I have not used him yet, and I, I like him more here than I do in, uh, I mean, I, I feel like any big tournament, you got to like him, but I, I like him better here than at the at the Open Championship. So I'm going to be going with him here. Uh, trying to do some quick uh, research. How's his Tory Pines? I see he has played Tory Pines isn't rounds? great. That's um, weird. Sorry? He, I have on Data Golf that he's played five rounds. I have him with uh, oh, that's just three self, starts, a 41st miscut, miscut. So I... I I was trying to figure out if I could play someone else because I don't like... I was trying to look for people who had, you know, the good Torrey Pine record and the good U.S. Open record. But yep. ultimately, Brooks doesn't have the Torrey Pine record, but I'm just assuming that he, you know, he's going to find a way to get up for this. The other thing, I, I think Brooks... What I really hope to is that Brooks gives me a decent floor. Um, so he had the miscut at the 2021 Masters. He right. hadn't missed a cut in a major... 2013 was the last time before that mm. he had missed a cut in a major, which is, I mean, if you look at, at a lot of those top players, they, they'll, they'll have a lot of top tens in majors, but they'll have a lot of missed cuts. And, and for some reason, Brooks just, I don't, I don't really understand why it happens, but it doesn't. <laughs> but I'm going to try to get one and done points mm-hmm. on top of it. Yeah. I don't know, Kevin. I, th- I feel like that's kind of like an opening. Craig just gave us an opening there. I mean, maybe or he just picked the winner, or he just picked the winner. <laughs> hey, my turn. Yeah, yeah, you're up. Okay, Craig thinks he has this predicted. I don't know. We'll see from his reaction here in a little bit. But my pick to win is oh, also I, my. Do you want me? Do you want me to say who I think it is, or no? Sure. I think you're going Tony Finau. Yeah, it's Tony Finau. <laughs> yes. Pick to win, one and done, twenty-eight to one. I've had Tony Finau play for months. <laughs> this is going to be Tony Finau's breakout. His, his, 
breaking the curse, getting his first major, getting his second win. It's all going to happen here for Tony Finau. So this is where it all lines up. You guys both wasted Tony Finau on the one and done already. <laughs> I've already done that research. I've been pocketing. Craig had him at Farmers. He got that T2 money. Yeah, that's true. I so I, I, I got to get him. Uh, I got to get a little better paycheck than that T2 at Tory. But OK, he's played here seven times at Tory Pines. His results, starting with the most recent going back, are 2nd, 6th, 13th, 6th, 4th, 18th, 24th. Seven times, all top 25s, four of them are 6 or better. Like, there's something about this place that he plays well at. Majors, let's talk about Majors a little bit. He's coming off a 10th at the Masters, an 8th at the PGA Championship. U.S. Open, he has five U.S. Open starts. Three top 15s, two missed cuts. Eighth in the most recent at Wingfoot. Okay, here's the one that's going to... This one I, I put in here just to get you guys a little bit worked up. He's played in 17 major championships. He has top 10s in 10 of them. That's a 59% top 10 rate. Compare that to Tiger. Tiger's rate was only 47%. Rory's rate is 45%. Okay, over how many... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What's so. the sample size here? Hey, it's small. It's 17, buddy. Top 10's in 10 of them. Yeah, no, it's a good. It's, what did you say, 55? 59% of the time, 59. he's yeah, top 10 at majors. So just because I have Brooks open here, Brooks is 50%. So we talk about how good Brooks is in majors. So, um, I mean, Brooks has the wins, but Finau, in terms of top 10s, is doing it at a higher, you know, 10% more, a higher clip than Brooks. So... The only thing I can kind of find, like I've been tracking these guys on Instagram. I've been tracking my picks. Tony hasn't been over in San Diego. I don't know what's going on. He got on his private jet tonight. I saw he him. He was T2 Instagram last story. time he was there. What is he I know. He, he has all these starts. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I wish he had the form that he had earlier in the year, like around kind of the farmer's insurance time. But I don't know, guys. I think this is just, I think this is his shot. Well, he's one of my boys. He's so your boy. He is your boy. I, yeah. You know, I'd love to see it. I, I don't have the same confidence you do that it's going to happen for him this week. But, um, you know, here's wishing him the best, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like it. As soon as you said that you have someone who you've had lined up for a while, it's like it's got to be someone who like really like has the Tory and the U.S. Open, um, and and so that's when I started to narrow in based on. You know, I also have looked at who you guys have left and who I have left. And I was like, no, like it's not. Oh, he's still got feet out. Both of us don't. I know. I have a feeling I know what he's doing. This um, I, I'm counting on feet out. There's a lot of pressure on him. This is my breakthrough one and done uh, opportunity. So I got excited and hit the mic there. Sorry for the feedback. Um, but this is my I've been slotting him in here for a while. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I think there's good upside there. Um, I, I th- also think he gives you a great floor. Kevin, over to you. Pick and one and none if they're different. <sighs> okay, guys, this is a big one for me. We we know what the, that I'm falling behind here. I need to make up some ground. I've had a few guys on my radar for the last few weeks, just kind of seeing where everybody's at. And then you guys kind of solidified what I had to do here a couple weeks back at Memorial when you both took him. Opens the door for me, Xander Shoffley, to yeah, win like it. and one and done. So Xander has four career starts at U.S. Opens. He has never finished outside the top six. <laughs> That's so crazy. He's a hometown boy. He's been at Torrey for a couple weeks now, doing doing different things with Callaway and you know just just familiarizing himself with the course conditions. He's you know. There, it, the the stories about him playing nine hole matches at Torrey in high school, and you know going to San Diego State, I think it was. Um, he his history is is all over this place. Yeah, he's it's, got roots. The unfortunate part is I'm really picking with my heart here because <laughs> yeah. I I really <laughs> like Xander, and so I usually try to separate these two things, but. I'm I'm just going all in with Xander here. I want him to win. I I would love to see him get that maiden uh, major victory, um, and so I'm I'm putting it all on the line. Xander, get me back in the one and done. 
I like it. Maybe he's, you know, it hurts when you have take someone like Xander. They get a both an Adam and I had him at Memorial where he's tied for eleventh. Um, I yeah, I'd, I'd take that in the pocket and play him here if I could. Uh, you you know, even though that was two hundred grand, it's not the not the worst of paydays, but still. Um, so Xander, the, the, I mean, the Tory Pines record is not great, but However, maybe he has sacrificed all of that in order to take down the U.S. Open when it's at Tory Pines. So there's there's a couple things about Xander in the interest of full disclosure that I was a little worried about. The the history of Tory Pines is one, but he did have a T T two at uh, the latest Farmers. Sorry, I'm gonna interrupt. I think Craig, he's one of your picks at Farmers or DFS. And you made an argument that like he had missed a bunch of these cuts right on the number, or yeah. it, it wasn't as bad. I'm as trying to seen. make Kevin feel bad about his no. pick. No, <laughs> listen, I, I told you my uh, my heart is in this one. It it is what it is. I'm owning this one. Um, the other thing, I don't love to see a missed cut at the PGA and at the Players. Kind of two big tournaments. I, it, yeah. it makes me somewhat question the psyche a little bit if these, you know, like what we're talking about, if these big tournaments, they become, you kind of build them up to be more than they, they need to be. And with this being, it's pretty much as big as it gets for him. It, hometown, U.S. Open. Um, I think he's got a good mental game, though, personally. I think so, too. I think so, too. I think he is a major winner. I think he has the major winning mentality. I, I just think it ha- kind of hasn't happened for him. It hasn't clicked yet. Um, more so than some of these other top guys that I feel like, you know, they're, they're good at kind of beating up on soft fields, but they're not as good. Like, the hard courses, the stacked fields. Yeah. Um, I think Xander can take down that kind of tournament. And I think Xander's just the perfect, like, grinder for a U.S. Open style um yeah and i think i i want to just see him like get it done at one where everything's kind of just stacked up right there in front of him you know like don't don't backdoor to at the pga championship the here's the one you want at in your hometown Mm -hmm. just go get it you know love to see it happen it also seems like you know like before a a big movie release comes out these actors have to go on like the press tour right their press dunk it circuit Xander seems to be like kind of doing that. Like it seems like it's leading. He's doing like all these podcasts, these interviews, the cow, the. And normally, I would like shy away from somebody who's doing that leading into a tournament because I think it can be a little bit distracting. But I'm just saying this time, Xander, just uh, just lean into it and get her done. Okay. The other thing, talk- I don't know if I don't know if you guys have listened to it. Um, he was on. Uh, I forget what their podcast is called, but Colt Nost and um, right. Sleazy, whatever, whatever. Uh, Drew Drew Stoltz, is that it? Yeah. Um, but uh, he is just such a, a like a, a down to earth, like gives you a, a straight answer. Thinks about thinks about it, gives you the straight answer, and like just I, I don't know. I, I he just seems like the kind of person that would be a very enjoyable person to be around, and uh, and also yeah. like the kind of person that you feel like no matter what it is they're doing, you're like yeah, like I think he's gonna do a pretty good job of it. He kind of gives yeah. gives yeah. off that vibe. Yeah. So you, you mentioned his U.S. Open record here, uh, four straight top tens to start it. Do you know the last person to have four straight top tens to start their U.S. Open career? Tony Fino. <laughs> Bobby Jones. Wow. Ooh. We have to go back about 90 years, uh, close to 100 years here, 1920 to 1926, Justin Rigg at Justin Rigg Golf, one of the best statisticians out there pulling these stats out. Um, Bobby Jones had seven straight. Xander is the first person to do four straight. And there's uh, only like, there's only like, keep it rolling, Xander. 20 guys probably playing when Bobby Jones is doing it. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bit different. A little bit different. Okay. I I like those. There's a lot of good narratives there. Craig knows I love the narrative street. It's going against his dad and brain, but hey. Uh, Sleepers. Who wants to go first for sleepers? We're top of the board. Craig, I'll go go first for sleepers. All right, Kevin. So my sleeper is who I actually picked for the one and done at the farmers. Um, which is Adam Scott. I like it. Adam Scott is 80 to one. Hmm. Um, he flashed for me pretty good at the farmers. I was, I was excited for a few rounds there. Um, he kind of, kind of faded a little bit towards the end of the tournament and didn't finish as high as he could have, but, um, he likes, he seems to like the course's game. You know, he's got, he's got the game for Tory. Uh, he plays, in that farmers, he played the par fives very, very well, which is something I think the the winner will have to do. 
Um, one of the par fives is, I believe it's the seventh, I want to say, is converted to a long par four for the U.S. Open. It's so par 71. I'm yeah. pretty sure he, like, hit his approach inside of, like, five feet every time on that hole and missed half the putts, but, you know, he still could make par. <laughs> um, even if it's a par four. So I, I just like, um, you know, his game, his fit for Tory, And at 80 to one, I think it's, he's, he's the kind of guy we were talking about before is your sleeper, somebody who can win or just have a high finish. I, th- I think Adam Scott can win. Like he's kind of got to mm-hmm. find lightning yep. in a bottle for the week, but he has the game to get it done. Um, and if you saw him up there at, on Saturday, you're not going to be like, oh, like, where did he come from? It's like, yeah, it's Adam of Scott. Course. He's yeah. a super, super good player, you know? Yeah. Um, so he's my guy. Yeah. So from what I know, two starts at the Farmers, second and 10th. Um, and then uh, he was here in 2008 as the number three ranked player in the world. Played with a broken hand. Um, I know. Probably what? probably got left behind in all the, oh, broken leg. That talk, overshadows Tiger, for sure. That, uh, probably a greater <laughs> accomplishment, some would say. But... Uh, <laughs> But he was twenty. He was twenty six uh, in '08 with a broken. That hand, is so. a greater accomplishment. Yeah, top twenty six with a broken hand. Yeah. Um, okay, so Adam, you want to go? Yeah, you go, Craig. So I, you know, we were talking about this. Um, I so the guy I'm choosing is not necessarily someone I think is going to win it. Uh, but I just, I really like how this person is playing right now. I think that they are going to do better than they are, uh, you know, than their odds. I'm going Christian Bezadenhout at 125 to 1. Um, I think he's wow. played well at very hard courses. I think he's played well uh, at in strong fields. He has not missed a cut since uh, the Aberdeen Standard Investment Scottish Open um, in uh, October 2020. So, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of Mm. good golf. He's someone, so I I kind of had a hard time not thinking about this from a DFS point of view, Uh, but he's the type of person that I'm going to be looking at. I really like him. I want to say he's, uh, offhand, I don't know, but I want to say he's about 7,200 in in, uh, on DraftKings, close to there anyways. Um, But... I just think that, you know, he was seventh at Arnold Palmer. He's just, you know, it seems like he's made every cut. Well, it's because he has, but um, <laughs> it seems like he, his finishes haven't necessarily been as high as it seems like he's been relevant in a lot of this. I think he got screwed over a little bit at the PGA Championship by the draw and, and how it played out mm. uh, with wins. Uh, he was 30th there. I just, I really think that, you know, maybe it, maybe a top 10 from, from Christian Bez isn't out of the question. Yeah, I think that's a good. I think that's a good pull that far down on the on the uh, odds list. To be honest well, with you, I, you know, usually I go at fifty to one or whatever we set as the minimum for sleepers, and you guys give me a hard time. So, <laughs> so this time I had to go a little bit further down. He like I'm a big Bez fan, and I think we're all big Bez fans. It's gonna be interesting the low South African whoever. I mean, there's that, that will be a very interesting be, one. Here's here's why I, I agree. I don't know if he can win. Driving distance, this is only PGA Tour stats, 286, 188th in the PGA Tour. Greens in regulation, 205th in the PGA Tour, 59%. But then you're like, oh, he's sixth around the green. And yeah, I was going to say, look at, look at what he does after he misses those greens. So yeah. it's, it's just like when you first look at it, you're like, well, how is he getting it done? Oh, because he doesn't, he only has max two strokes around the green yeah. like he goes up and well, down every well, and time. it's a little bit weird because you know like long term so two years this is data golf two years so it takes european tour and pga yeah. he gains over a stroke like well over a stroke he's like almost 1.2 between putting around the green which is like those are crazy crazy numbers um that you don't kind of expect that to be a long-term sustainable but but you know the, he has weeks where he pokes it out there and does a decent enough job with his ball striking and and uh, you know the short game is, is world class obviously. Yeah, I like it. But I also think in that's where like in hard like everyone's ball striking is not as good in, in under these kind of conditions. So so maybe that's where everyone has to rely on the short game more than they're comfortable doing as opposed to you know the birdie fest PGA Tour weeks. Yeah. 
I do agree with that, but if they're in the rough, I'd rather them be in the rough 310 yards than as opposed to yeah, for sure, for sure. It's it's stretched. I mean, it's 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 the Bryson DeChambeau at winged foot scenario where if you're gonna be if you're gonna be in the rough, I'd rather be 50 yards closer. Yeah. Okay. My sleeper time. I'm going a little bit closer to our kind of cutoff here. I'm going Joaquin Neiman at 66 to one. Um. Probably more of a DFS play than, you know, the outright at 66 to 1. But I don't hate that he could have a major breakthrough here. That that would be pretty cool. Take, take the each way, I would say. I would take the each way on that one, for <laughs> sure. Uh, up until the Memorial, he had, I think, 20 cuts in a row. I counted it. I think he had 21 events. But then there's a uh, WGCs and no-cut events. Around 20 events in a row where he was playing the weekend. Uh, so he's on this incredible cut streak up until the Memorial, which was his last event. And he missed the cut. Uh, but his last time, so I was doing some digging on official golf rankings. Last time he missed a cut, the next event was a T3 at the BMW Championship. So clearly he can bounce back after a missed cut. That was his fourth best result ever in OWGR points. His be- Okay, so he's 22. Walking Neiman's still 22. You know, same age as Sung Jae, Garrick Higo. Like, he- he's still young. Uh, but his best three major performances have been his last three. Um, all top, all top, sorry, all top forties in each. He doesn't have a top 10 yet. He's eighth in the PGA tour in driving distance. So he can push it out there for a wiry kid. He's 15th on the PGA in the PGA on the PGA season in strokes in total. Here's where I did some digging. Here's where I did my research and I stumble upon this. He's only played Tory Pines twice. He made both cuts. I think it's like a 72 and a 40 something, but in 2015, he won the IMG Academy Junior World Golf Championships at Torrey Pines South. So there you go. He beats a Heath the Gala. I was going to say, who old... else was in the field? Like, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only two names I recognize. They were the only two under par. Joaquin Neiman pulled it out. So clearly, he has some good experience around Torrey Pines. I. It seems a little bit shorter than it should. But I also think he is on the rise. And, you know, that top 10 in a major is coming through. I think it's a better DFS play. But, yeah, as Craig said, it's probably more of an each way top 10, top 20 type bet. Yeah, at 23rd, did you, I don't know if you mentioned this, 23rd at, at the U.S. Open last year. Um, the, one, the one concern I would say that I have, and I do like the pick, I think, overall. Um, he is someone who I think of having a lot more role to their distance than you know, like a a Bryson or a Rory. So if we're talking thick, heavy, rough, narrow fairways, um, you're not going to get that, like, unless you're hitting the fairways and you're rolling and you're, you know, you end up in the rough or not, whatever, but uh, you're getting the roll still. Um, It's the, if you're not actually getting that landing in yeah. in the fairway that that's the only thing I would say I worry about. But overall, I I do, I do like the play. Um, So what you're telling me is, Coastal golf, low apex. Yeah, he played pretty good in Hawaii and that kind of thing. <laughs> what I'm saying is the low apex may not be what you want. True. Hard, they're usually pretty hard greens. Speaking Open. of which, I think we're looking at pretty good conditions for this, this weekend. Yeah, so yeah it looks um, like it. Yeah. yeah, It does look beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Okay, guys, fades. I, I feel like I got a good one here. Can I, can I jump in? Jump in there. Okay, my fade is 2020 U.S. Open champion Bryson DeChambeau. Wow. Yep. That's a good one. Here we go. Bryson, what's his number? Let me pull up his number real quick. 16 uh, to 1. 16. 16 to 1. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Tory Pines, he's played twice, guys. He's played twice. Two missed cuts. But, okay, you have to see. they On the Farmers Insurance, they play a south round and they play a north round. His two best rounds have been on the north round his south rounds have been 78 and 76 this course is chews him up and spits him out <laughs> come on bryson it's a little while ago it was before the brief up i was gonna say but- wasn't he like an amateur basically when he played this <laughs> usm champ yeah he's still he's still winning back 20, 2018 2017 2018 were his two his two but anyways yeah yeah i got you okay recent form he's lost strokes and approach in two of his last three tournaments Kind of a red flag, but here's the big red flag. He's lost strokes in approach, or sorry, strokes in putting in two of his last three. Yeah, that is to me the the bigger one. He's he pushes out there and he's a top twenty, top ten player 
when he's putting well, or a putter in the world when he's for the season, usually yeah. for a big sample size. And uh, so, that's something we haven't touched on yet, but the POA greens here are not- notorious for being, you know, a little more unpredictable. Statistically, they, the, the um, putting on POA from, I think, inside eight feet or four to eight feet, it's guys miss on POA, I think, two to three percent more putts in that range on POA than any other surface. So it gets a little bit more unpredictable and a little bit more dicey when you're in close. Especially, Sorry, I, I think late in the day. Um, I do know, want to correct the pull up, buddy. Yeah, uh, he's he's negative strokes in approach uh, in two of the last four, and strokes in putting in two of the last three. I had yeah. those. I, I mean, so the big one for me, I think Bryson of recent, so so call it the you know the current iteration of Bryson. He his approach, he's not consistent. But then, like one week, it'll show up, and his distances will be on, and it'll be very, it'll it'll statistically be very good. It never really looks that good, but statistically, it'll be very good. Yeah. Um, but the putting to me is the one where I, I think there's a little bit more, uh, you know, trending streakiness to that, uh, even though that like, you know, week to week for any PGA Tour player, there, there is less of that. But his, his, his approach, I think, since he has kind of gone this distance route has been erratic. Um, and and kind of he I, I don't know if he was in great form with it going into the last U.S. Open. Uh, but I, I like the fade. I, I think there's going to be a lot of people that see U.S. Open long rough. They just assume he's going to do the same thing he did again. And and so they're going to think that he's a you know, he's a play. He's a he's a pick. He's a whatever it is. Um, and, and I'm not I'm not quite ready to, to commit to that. Yes. Kind of kind of for the Kevin's uh, poor comment in his best performances top 20 performances uh on owgr i don't think any are on the west coast where we traditionally see these type of greens yeah. i think i think the bumpiness factor is something that you can't see on a, a his green book and does throw him <laughs> off a little bit maybe you could get under his skin a little bit be like why did it bump over there yeah and you know just he throw did him everything off perfect bit. and it didn't go in yeah <laughs> how is that possible he accounted for every variable <laughs> well except for that variable yeah Okay, who's up for fade? Greg, go for it. Yeah, I got it. Um, so, the, I mean, this feels like low-hanging fruit at this point, but I'm fading DJ. Uh, I mean, maybe it's not low-hanging fruit. Yeah, I don't think the, so. He's I don't the number think one player in the world. <laughs> but I, I just don't understand how we're still giving him. He's second in the odds at 14-1. to 1. Uh, This is what I, what I was saying with Pump the Brakes. I don't think the form is as good as it. I'm, I'm still not seeing the same DJ as we saw uh, going into Augusta last year um, or, or anything like that. Um, similar to what Adam is saying, well, I lost my spot here now, but similar to what Adam was saying about Bryson, I think Dustin has a poor Tory Pines record. Um, he has nine starts, a uh, single top 10. Uh, he was third here back in 2011. Um, but you know, from 2008, uh, through 2017, he has nine starts, uh, three missed cuts, just a single top 10. I mean, Dustin Johnson over that period of time should have more than a single top 10 uh, if it's a course that fits him well. So uh, a bit of a cause for concern. The U.S. Open record is good. Um, there's, there's, You can't mess around with the U.S. Open record. I just think the combination of the form, I still don't think it, it's, it's back to being worthy of being the second shortest odds in the field. Um, and, and a course that he doesn't necessarily have a stellar record at. Um, he was here in 2008 and he was 48th. So, I mean, what do you even, I mean, it also was his first U.S. Open start and he was a young, you know, probably just turned pro or something. Still rocking that soul patch. And yeah, soul exactly. Yeah. Soul patch and baggy pants. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I'm feeding Dustin Johnson. I don't, I don't think to me, he, I'm not giving him the second shortest odds in the field. Yeah, I don't think that's low hanging fruit. I think that's a bit of a bold call, honestly. I kind of as well. I, I don't. I well. I just recently picked him as in the PGA. I, I don't think he's ever far off. And I yeah. and and he goes from shooting eighties to being the most dominant golfer in the world. So and let's, let's be honest. Uh, would would like. I wouldn't be surprised if he won or if he missed the cut. So. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. me neither. But, and I guess that's where maybe, you know, odds to win is a different thing than like, yeah. I, I think there's a huge, huge 
erratic nature to what his his you know potential results are and um you know and i guess i i I typically think about things typically through more of the dfs point of view but i don't want anything to do with it in dfs in dfs Hmm. i mean we're still talking a guy who we're, we're talking about a guy who since the saudi international has not had a top 10 was he top 10 this week oh he was do you think that's karma after he hit that guy in the back? I think it probably is. He was tied for 10th um, in a field that was not exactly, you know, the best field in the world. So uh, I'm still not giving him any sort of he's back stamp. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. And I okay. forgot about the <laughs> hitting the I was, marshals. I was just going to go on a tangent about these players. Both are fades, not calling four anymore. Do, go- do professional golfers not yell four anymore? Uh, it sounds like you and Rob, Bobby McIntyre should should talk about that. I would love to have that. Sit down. Have you? Have you? Do you? Do you know what he did? I forget who it was. He chewed out. But uh, um, there, a lot of the European tours think that American golfers don't yell for. And at um, I want to say it was at the Open Championship. It may have been at kind of one of the other European tour events right before the Open Championship. But he was he was calling someone out. Did Did Bobby Mac call it at the WGC when he hit it up to? Uh, I don't know whether they did or not. <laughs> <laughs> or was that just more of a warning, I'm going to win this group type shot? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, okay, your Kevin. puns don't matter, guys. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. irrelevant. Kevin. Okay. It, was, it was Kyle Stanley, just in case oh, you were okay. wondering. Okay. Um, okay, well, I am going to be feeding a Mr. Jordan Spieth this week. Um, I can so say that you know yeah. in the top five we've we're fading three of them so I think that's pretty good. Um, no longer Jordan can Spieth. we pick guys outside the top ten for fades. It's <laughs> in the top five. Jordan Spieth is eighteen to one. Um, you know we have officially said a, a number of times on this podcast that Jordan Spieth is back to being the old Jordan Spieth. Um, but I just don't think that the U.S. Open is the best tournament for him. He's not the longest hitter. He's erratic, and he seems to make it work. But I think the U.S. Open is going to be a little more penal. Um, his history at Torrey is a little mixed. I stuck more right. to recent history. He missed the cut at the Farmers. Um, I, it's so it, it's playing. It's going to be playing so long this week that I, I don't think that favors him. Um, his U.S. Open history since his win at Chambers Bay, I believe, in 2015, he hasn't finished in the top 30. Um, wow, really? And he's missed two cuts along the way there. So, yeah, I just don't think the U.S. Open is his the best setup for him, and I don't think that Tory is the best setup for him. Um, and with him being, you know, one of the favorites, essentially, I I just I'm shying away from him this week. I. I love that he's back and I love what he's doing. And I, a lot of weeks, I think it, it, like it could be him. Why not him? But I just don't really see it this week with, with some of the big hitters and uh, some of the form that they're showing right now. So I, I guess this speaks to the level that Jordan Spieth is back because I was, I was almost, I almost had him as my fate here. And then I, you know, when, when Jordan Spieth kind of, is where he is right now. I just have no comfort level in fading him. So I was like, no, I'll fade healthy DJ. I, I, I don't want anything to do with the speed magic. i DJ with a win or miss cut yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Spieth, I just feel like he, he you know, when, when he's playing golf like he is right now, and, and I do think, it, to me, I think it, it's probably, on a DFS side, I think it's going to be a fade, but um, it's just... There's something about the speed magic that that is has truth to it, and and so uh, while it is a fade, it's like a beware the the speed magic. Yeah, I, I kind of echo that as well. I think it's a DFS fade, but um, I don't think he's a good fit here. But it's also Jordan <laughs> Speed. All the right? logic yeah. points to a fade. But yeah. he, what are, what did I say in the preview? He has eight top tens in his last twelve events. Like that's absurd. How like yeah. how well he's or how quick that was well, on Texas quickly. baby. I don't know if there's eight events in Texas. Texas, oh, yeah, Augusta, yeah. combine them. There you go. There's Jordan Speed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did want to point out here. Uh, I think uh, the official golf rankings have updated since we've been on air. Eric Kegel is now 39th in the Ooh. world. He's above 
uh, Max Homa, Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, Adam Scott. He's he's, he's coming. There. He he was the top ranked left hander in the world for some time. I think it was that what you were saying or no? No, Bobby Mack was. I, I was Bobby telling Mack Kevin was, to watch yeah, out okay. for his boy Bobby Mack. He's no longer going to be top lefty, and he's not. Higo and Phil. Uh, Higo's coming for Phil. I think. Wait, where's Phil now? Phil is thirtieth. Oh, thirtieth. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> you win a major it moves you always up that yeah, list. I guess yeah, that's that does get you quite a few points. Um okay. Top to Canadian. Top Canadians. We have Corey Connors, Adam Hadwin, Mackenzie Huth, and for the second time, Taylor Pendrith is in the US Open again. So you guys are both nodding. Kevin, do you want to start us off your top Canadian? I I I'm going to go with Corey Connors. I can't really <laughs> with confidence go with anybody else. He's just playing um do well yeah greg yeah i mean i would love to pick pendrith um uh, mackenzie hughes games seems like it's in the wilderness right now uh hadwin i i you know there's there's places i i find a way to pick hadwin uh pendrith bombs it so i i feel like i'd love to and i think he actually did well at the u.s open um in at at winfoot i think he might have been great he did low canadian there right um let me Is see that I've got it here. he field? was tied for he was tied for 23rd at the u.s oh. open in windfoot uh can i talk myself into it yeah let's do it i'll go taylor pendrith so Where i was looking go, at pendrith for a little limb. bit i was going pendrith for a little bit that's by far and away his best uh you know strokes in total and dotted golf with all the weights and measurements and all that he's been t23 in the corn ferry t8 t43 t17 these are his most recent results on the Corn Ferry Tour. Like he should be doing a little bit better. So if the incoming form, you know, was a string of a couple top tens in the Corn Ferry Tour, yeah. But uh, it, it is. I mean, he is. Listen, if I was betting on it, I would not take Pendrith. I would take Connors. I'm just taking Pendrith purely as a. I don't know. His odds might be good for Top Green. Um, but yeah, I'm going Connors. <laughs> that being said, uh, no, I think he. I think he qualified um, on this past Monday on. Golf's longest Sounds day. like the good form. <laughs> okay. That leads us to bold predictions. I love this one because it's never going to be bold enough with you two. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got a bold one for you guys this week. Okay, All right. We'll great, kick great. us off. Yeah. Okay. So I, you know, we, we, Adam has a way of just deciding what it is that a sleeper is and there's no rhyme or reason. <laughs> and so this week it, it, uh, you know, we kind of at first I think we had said seventy five a long time ago, and then we moved up to fifty, and then this this week he said sixty. So that's only because I want to name in at sixty six. You know that there's a whole bunch of guys I liked at fifty five. So I had to find a way to get to get one of my guys in here. Louis Tazen, he's fifty five to one. I'm going with Louis Tazen. And now, you know, we've, we've spoken about him before. He's got the silver slam. He's, he's been runner-up yep. at all the tournaments. I was thinking about saying Louis Tayson is either a second or a tied for second, but I couldn't quite commit to that sort of bold prediction. So I, I, I feel like top five is a little weak. I'll say Louis Tayson top three. He's got two top threes in his last... Three major starts, uh, if I'm reading this correctly. So yeah, we'll go Louis Oosthuizen top three at the U.S. Open. I, I I don't think you are because it's all jumbled in 2020. So he has a T2 at PGA and a third of the U.S. Open, but the Masters I think was after U.S. Open. That's true. So so, so he, he has he was third at the U.S. Open and then um and then 23rd at the Masters, 26th at the Masters, and second at the PGA. Yeah, those horrible finishes of 23rd yeah. and 26th. <laughs> That's bold. So, sorry, is Louis Ousse's in T3 top, or top better? Top three, yeah. Kevin? Uh, you go first, Adam. No, no, I was just, uh, your reaction to that. Oh, I mean, I think um, that's bold. I think, I mean, looking yeah, at his history, bold. he has a silver slam, but he doesn't have a ton of top tens. Gone but when down. he gets yeah. top tens, most of them are in the top three. <laughs> that is true. I mean, is that even bold if he's done it like 50% of the time in the last <laughs> four majors? <laughs> no, yeah. I think it's, bold, it's a good enough. bold call. <laughs> not bold enough um greg yeah your boy louis i don't know what to say about you and louis you have this you have this connection that i cannot explain and you seem to have a good, good so pulse on him so here here's a crazy one and i don't know if this is still holding up let me refresh the page but 
Louis Oosthuizen, his odds on so usually we use bet three six five uh, for uh, you know the odds that we we are telling you guys um, over on Pinnacle. His odds are down to 19. So they they float around a lot more over there. Um, but his odds are down to 19 to 1, which it seems a little bit crazy. He, until I refresh it, he was actually lower than Rory. Um, but he's ahead of JT, Morikawa, Zanderhoff. I don't know why there's so much money moving over to Louis Oosthuizen, but... Um, What's going on? Like Ernie well, and Gary player? Like big and big yeah, stakes right. in Louis or something? This podcast isn't even live yet. They haven't even heard Craig's take. <laughs> they haven't even heard my bold <laughs> prediction. Yeah, Craig, I like it. The books must know something. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's just they're they're delusional like I am about Louis. <laughs> so, okay, I feel like mine's kind of flat, Kevin. So I'm going to go next here and kind of sandwich it in between. Hopefully, two bolder takes. How sure. that sound? That sounds great. So, mine is. That okay, no golfer has won the Puerto Rico Open and then won a PJ tournament <laughs> in the US. The Puerto Rico curse. It's kind of, I mean, I thought would, it was. But would, would this actually cancel the port? Like this isn't a PJ tour event. It's it's a USGA. It's a USGA event. You know, we had Hovland winning Mayakoba. Uh I thought that it was over then, but then people are finding this new angle to the course, especially with Chesson Hadley, who's a Puerto Rico the Open curse champion. Hit. <laughs> it hit this week. So I'm like, okay, I kind of have to revisit this. So I'm gonna say the curse is broken forever at the 2021 US Open. So obviously I got Tony Fee now in my pocket, my win and one and done. But I also got a sneaky Hovland in there. And then if I just need a little like outside chance, I got Brandon Grace. Maybe he could do, pull up a Puerto Rican curse upset here. So I got three guys. Is that it? Uh, calling... No Hadley in the field. I don't think I, I didn't really I check. Think, to be I, honest. I, I don't. I don't know if he is. Um... I assume not. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll have to do, re- if some long shot wins it, we'll have to go back to see if they won the, the Puerto Rico. I did scroll down to the early 90s. You're like, okay, who came over here? Stuart Singh, did you do something crazy? <laughs> no, of course not. Um, Finau, Hovland, Brandon Grace, one of them gets the win, puts this Puerto Rico curse to bed, and it's over. Preferably Finau. <laughs> yeah, is I it mean... Bo- is it bold? I, I mean... I yeah. think it's bold. I mean, essentially, you're saying Finau or, or Hovland are, are yeah. winning it. Um, I, the the I think there there still would be the remaining question of, of whether it really has fully been eliminated or. I mean, a point, PGA just... Tour event in the continental United States. <laughs> is this curse just like a life support then? If that happened, <laughs> then come on. Okay, Kev. Bold prediction. Okay, then. well, I'm my bold prediction is. Focus more around winning score. Oh, I was thinking about going this route. I like it. Okay. So I'm, it's as a baseline, I've kind of had to use the 2008 US Open. So in that one, Rocco and Tiger were the only two players under par at one under par, hmm. um, which tied for, you know, they tied and went into a playoff. My bold prediction is that. The winning score will be minus six or lower. Like seven, eight. Yes. Oh. And um. I was considering going double digits until I remembered about that par five seventh being converted to a par four, which fair, you know, fair, fair. It it takes away some scoring opportunities. So I'm gonna say yeah, minus six like- or or lower. I also was thinking about putting, you know, a number on how many players would finish under par, but it's too, it, then I just don't know where to stop, you know, it's just, so I'm going uh, winning score, minus six, or better. I, I like it. I, yeah, I think that's a good number. I think I'll give it to you as a bold prediction. I think that is bold, considering how the USGA will try to get their number that they have in their minds, and yeah, it seems to be more around even than anywhere else. That's what they want, and I think these guys. I think these guys no longer um, are daunted by the USGA's version of hard. I guess is what I'm. That's the focus of my bull prediction: is that yeah. long rough and length is not the issue anymore. Yeah, 
Craig's doing some research over there. I can. I well, can I'm, I'm just trying to find out what what the line is. Um, I can't. I'm struggling to find it here. Uh, oftentimes we don't get our props. I uh, I found a few places that have props, but I don't see a winning or a winning score one yet. Um, no. So I I, I didn't uh, I didn't fully listen to the last part of that. But uh, what I was thinking about doing was was ten players under yeah, par that yeah, i was thinking that, 10 but 10 wasn't quite enough i was thinking if i was gonna maybe go to 15 under par so instead of so so minus six know, as your winning score is what you're saying minus, minus six, six or lower yeah yes yeah. I, I like it i think I, I think that is bold it was minus one here we had two guys under par um i mean obviously the conditions can go in any direction but uh no i, I like it i think and if if you want the most bold call of all I'm gonna say Xander Shoffley wins at minus seven. <laughs> I like it. Okay. I like so we have much Xander about at minus that. seven. Tony Fino at minus six. Louis Usaisen at minus five. <laughs> it's one, two, three. All our hearts are kind of. Uh, mine's the most broken in the Fino, but I'm also expecting it. A you took him on the each way. <laughs> yeah, I took him on the each way. I like it, guys. I'm excited for this week. Me too. US Open is. It's one that always kind of gets exciting. I mean, for me, I don't know if it's a West Coast thing or what it is, but Tory too. Maybe it's a Tiger connection. It's exciting. <sighs> I forgot about I, the West Coast. I kind of like waking up and seeing like a couple guys on eight already. You know. See, yeah. I, 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 I hear you, and like, I, I just would rather not have to like. Oh, you know, my puppy wakes me up at five in the morning to want to be let out to go to the bathroom so i, I let him out and like when i know that you know when the pga championship's on then i'm like oh well i'm up anyway so like i might as well just stay up whereas like if, if you know if it's on the west coast here then i'm like well they're not even teeing off yet so i should go back to sleep for another few hours um so yeah i'm pretty happy for a nice west coast major here i'm opposite give me that open you the open where I'm, I'm just grinding through the night. What's going on? In bed at 2 a.m., up at 4 a.m. Yeah. The Olympics on the other side of the world. That's what you want. I guess they, you know, we're both on the same coast here. I guess they don't really hit balls in the water at Tory, but, you know, I've hit balls in that ocean. They might hit balls. I see that ocean, you know. It's yeah. my close ball to my from heart. Hawaii has swum, <laughs> made its way <laughs> over to the coast, yeah, coast of California. Hey guys, any any final thoughts before we close? It'll give the floor if you want it. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, I, there's a lot of guys we didn't get to uh, talking about. Uh, you know, we're gonna get to a few of those guys, and you know, obviously in our DFS previews. Yep. Watch those. It, you know, if all of my predictions come wrong and Rory wins this, I'm going to be pretty okay with that. That's, I guess, the one the one <laughs> thing I'll leave it with. Yeah, I like that. Okay, that's our 2021 U.S. Open preview picks and bowl predictions show. Thank you for listening. Hit that thumbs up if you're listening on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to our podcast. If you're listening on YouTube, also go over, subscribe to our podcast. Rate and review. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As Craig said, we have a ton of U.S. Open content coming out, so make sure to watch out for that. Good luck, and we will see you again soon. Take care, Give guys. Give it to Phil, everyone. Thumbs up. <laughs> Pop that thumb. <laughs> <laughs>